0: Are you ready to change your life? Are you ready to climb your ladder? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the High Hopes Initiative podcast. Hey, how's it going everybody? This is Ian with another episode of the High Hopes Initiative podcast. Hope this episode finds you well. And today we're going to be talking about uh, one of the topics that is probably one of the less sexy topics in discussion when you're being a leader. Unsexy meaning it's not one of the most glamorous things that you're going to have to do. When you think of being a leader, you like to think of all the positive things, you know, giving great, uh, honest feedback, and you know, congratulating everybody on on doing a good job, a job well done. But on this episode, it is all about how to manage and deliver bad evaluations to underperforming employees. So a little negative, but the first, first uh, section we're going to get into on the topic is about how to avoid that and how to set yourself up and set your employee up so that if you have to deliver this kind of bad news, worst case scenario, if you have to do it, that there will be some conversations had beforehand so that there are no surprises for that employee and you can give honest, direct feedback and you on the and the employee are on the same level. But before we get into the topic of the day, I just wanted to say thank you so much for checking out this podcast. Uh, if you like what you've heard so far, I believe this is episode number seven. So if you like the previous six episodes, I would love it if you could share it with a friend or leave me a five-star review or, or however many stars you feel are appropriate on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, whatever you listen to podcasts on, Stitcher also. But if you think it's great or, or bad, please let me know either way. And if you do think it's a great podcast, please share it with a friend. Also, if you haven't done so already, the website has been up for about a month now, highhopesinitiative.com. Please log on there, check out what I'm all about. The first 20 folks who sign up to do so are going to receive 30 days of free coaching from me. I hope by this point that, you know, you have kind of see what I'm all about and that I'm here to help you guys. And, you know, if your, your goals and your mindset aligns with what I'm doing, please reach out, um, you know, log on to my website, highhopesinitiative.com, and love, would love to hear from you. If you don't want to do that and you're just more of a direct email kind of person, my email is ian, I-A-N, at highhopesinitiative.com. That is ian, I-A-N, at highhopesinitiative.com. Alright, so enough with the plugs. Into our topic for the day. So, alluded to it and mentioned it before. Underperforming employees and how to deliver bad evaluations if necessary. So, as a manager, you have to do a lot of things that, you know, just unsexy is how I labeled it before. Like payroll, uh, validating time cards if that's something in your organization, signing vacation requests, time off requests. If you have p responsibilities, another kind of unsexy thing that you have to do. And when people see their management and their leaders, if you're not in a leadership role yourself, you often don't really realize that your managers or leaders are doing these things. You just think of them, maybe put them on a pedestal, see all the great things that they're doing, you know, spearheading all these initiatives and things like that. And you don't realize all this behind the scenes stuff. And this topic, giving negative feedback, is one of those unsexy things. Um, giving positive feedback is a great thing. You know, maybe if you're an employee, not in a leadership position, you see you're receiving positive feedback and you think it's great and great. But then do you ever pause to think about maybe the underperforming peer of yours and the conversations he or she is having with, with your manager or leader? Yeah, it's really not fun to think about, but something necessary nonetheless. So um, again, that's what we're going to talk about for the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, just before, and before we really get into it, just I ask you this question: How many leaders do you know are afraid to give honest feedback? I mean, I can, in my organization, unfortunately, I know several, and throughout my professional experiences, I've seen several. So, how many do you know personally that are afraid to give honest feedback? Another question: How many peers have you seen? How many of your coworkers have you seen or worked with? That are able to continue on in their careers and progress and get promoted that you know are terrible and maybe everybody else around you, all your other peers, have come to a consensus that this person is terrible. This terrible person, for some reason, unknown reason to you, keeps progressing through the organization, getting promoted, receiving more responsibility, and I mean, how many times have you seen that? I've seen it a couple also. Unfortunately, I've seen both of these too often, and there's there's often people working at higher levels of our organization that we think to ourselves, you know, how did he or she get there? I mean, this is a terrible person, a terrible leader, uh, an incompetent person, an incompetent leader, just a terrible performer. How did this person get there? And there are a plethora of reasons as to why that might be the case, but likely and More often than not, just at least in my personal experience, it's because his or her previous leaders did not give honest evaluations in the past. So kind of like what we discussed uh, earlier, this person was kind of, you know, maybe his or her leaders were just too scared or didn't want to take the time to do the necessarily performance counseling with this person and pencil whipped everything and were really too afraid or too timid to deliver bad news that they didn't and they gave the person a you know an average evaluation and the person, the employee, was able to get promoted and progress through the organization, gaining more and more responsibility. And before you know it, that person is your boss. So how did they get there? Could very likely be because that person's previous leaders and management did not give honest evaluations. Um, so why don't people give honest evaluations? If, think of it, if you had to deliver bad news to someone What are some reasons you would tell yourself to not do it? Well, the first one that I think of is is fear. It it takes a degree of courage, some intestinal fortitude to look someone in the eye and just tell them that they need to improve or some cases that they suck at their job. I mean, that's not an easy conversation to have. And there is there's a degree of fear with it. I mean, it's it's a scary thing. You don't know how the person is going to react. You don't know if they're going to get angry jump across the table and start choking you out. You don't know if they're going to start crying. Just the unknown reaction of the person uh, who's not doing well can put a lot of fear in you, the one who's delivering this bad news. So so fear is a reason that managers and leaders can fall back on to not give honest evaluations or honest feedback to someone. Another reason why leaders might not give honest feedback is because it's socially awkward. I mean, how how terrible and and just flat out awkward is it to give any kind of bad news to someone period whether it's performance related in their in a professional setting or if it's just like telling your kid that like you know some bad news I don't know like they're they can't play xbox or something like that it's just it's just awkward to do the kid thing was probably a bad example but just think of it delivering any kind of bad news in your life outside of the professional world it, it's oftentimes socially awkward to do it so you now have to sit someone down and tell them bad news and you're you're scared of it in the first place and then you just have that awkwardness of telling them that they they stink or that they need to improve or you know a, a series of events will happen after that. And the third reason, at least the third reason that I could think of is feeling bad or having pity on the person. You know, we're humans, right? We have we have feelings. We have sympathy, and when people are bad at something, I mean, we oftentimes we just feel bad for them and maybe this person was not in the right role in the first place so I mean you just kind of look at the person and this person's completely unqualified and and you just feel bad like that poor guy is so incompetent I mean it's not really his fault he shouldn't have been put in this role in the first place but man I just feel so bad I pity that person I, I have so much sympathy for you because you're just completely unqualified another reason that we can tell ourselves an excuse to not give honest feedback to people. So fear, being socially awkward, and feeling bad or, or pitying someone, having sympathy for someone who's terrible at his or her job. So into the meat and potatoes of this episode, like as leaders, as managers, we absolutely 100% of the time have to give honest feedback when it is warranted, or else we're going to have one of those situations that I mentioned before. We're going to have someone who is terrible a terrible fit for the job, a terrible fit for the company perhaps, progress through the organization and then be in charge of people one day or be in charge of a very important process one day. And I mean, personally, like when I when I have to evaluate people, personally, I look at it like what I want this person to be leading people? Like what would I want to be led by this person? You know, it's a good way to put it in perspective for you. Would I want to follow this person in my organization? And if not... I tell them to something to that degree where they need to work on, you know, X, Y, and Z skills. It's just, it's not easy, but that's just a way to look at it. If Or if your son and daughter had to follow this person, would you feel comfortable with that? If not, you have to give that person feedback. You have to give that person the opportunity to improve or else the person will not change and it'll it'll really be detrimental to not only that person's career, but the organization also. So not only do you have to give honest feedback when it's warranted, you have to give feedback and allow the person enough time to to change, to make an impact, or to to alter his or her course to get right back on the right track. So, and I say that, but because imagine if you if you gave person gave a person negative feedback right before an evaluation was due. A lot of people have annual evaluations um, that they have to perform on their employees. So imagine if you gave this kind of feedback, any kind of less than positive feedback, like a month two weeks before an evaluation to do it it's not really giving them any time to change their behavior so you're going to evaluate them on something that they really haven't had much time to correct so if you're going to give feedback make sure you do it at an appropriate time before you're going to be evaluating them so you can really look at them see if they've changed See if they took your feedback to heart, and see if they're executing your feedback. But, but how disrespectful, how disrespectful would that be if you give someone negative feedback and then two weeks later, well, here's your annual evaluation, and you know, in those two weeks, you haven't really, I haven't seen much of a difference. So, uh, you are, you're, you're pretty bad at your job. Now, don't, don't disrespect your employee. Give them enough time to make a change, to change their behavior. And if they choose to not change their behavior, that, that's another topic of discussion later. But be respectful of them, give them enough time to change so that you can evaluate them appropriately and give them adequate time to to come up to par, to come up to your standard. And this really all goes back to being a leader is about being a servant to others. How are you going to serve others if you're not willing to tell them how they're doing, good or bad? I mean, servants, just by definition, a servant is is not the most glamorous thing. I mean, I've been watching a lot of Aladdin lately with my kids and I like I see the servants in that movie and you know they're always doing things for other people, a lot of unglamorous things. I mean, if, as a leader, you should think of your yourself as this, you're doing unsexy stuff a lot of the time so that your people, your team can focus on other things and execute what you tell them to do. So we have to be transparent as leaders. We have to do the good and the bad for us and for our employees, more importantly. So you're not really serving your team if you're not giving them honest and timely feedback on their actions and performance. So how do we be transparent? How do we make sure that we are, how do we avoid the fear and the awkwardness or pity that we might have for these employees if they're doing a less than standard job? There's, there's lots of names for it. Um, and my organization is called Counseling. And it starts with an initial counseling. So this is the foundation of your expectations of an employee, how to tell them what you expect of them upfront, so that they have something to act or they have a known standard upon which to act right away. So you tell them upfront when you get to the organization or they join your team. This is what I expect. And then you measure that employee on his or her evaluation annually or whatever it is based on your expectations that you sat down you went over and agreed upon now what can be in this these initial counselings or this initial kind of mentoring session can be a number of things i'm just going to run through a couple bullet points i mean it can be super super include some super super basic things like you know breaking down your your work culture your expectations of them being on time how they dress, their appearance, you know, appropriate, inappropriate actions in the workplace. I mean, a lot, a lot of common sense stuff. So it really depends on your organization and your, and your organization's culture on how basic you make these. Maybe the people you're working with don't need to be told how to dress in your setting. All right. So, you know, I'm just covering super, super basic stuff. So you don't have to include that. It's supposed to be customizable to what your organization is all about and what your organization needs. But the most important thing, what you really, really need to have in there are some sort of quantitative performance metrics when available. I mean, you need to tell, you know, I expect you to do this 10 times a month or whatever it is. It's an example. Really put numbers or metrics or or some sort of measurable, non-subjective stuff in there in your expectations. So, you can see either the person met that or they did not. Having really, really objective goals or expectations really makes it easy for the employee and the supervisor leader to see if the employee is measuring up to the expectations. You know, they either met the number or they didn't or they surpassed the number by X percent. I mean, it really makes it easy to measure a person when there are numbers involved. Not saying treat your employee like a number. I mean, maybe just have a couple of these, you know, quantitative metrics in there among your other metrics and expectations of them. But make sure you have some quantitative metrics. Like I said, it makes the employee and the leader be able to see very, very quickly if the employee is on the right track. Numbers are more often than not good. Some other things to have on this initial counseling are are, you know, what happens if the person, the employee does not live up to the performance? What's the progressive discipline or what kind of coaching will occur later you know tell the person up front if if you fail to to not show up to work on time three times this is what's going to happen so the person knows that if they fail to show up to work on time three times I can expect this to happen I'm not going to be surprised I'm not going to be mad at my boss for you know doing this to me because I was told up front if I act this way I can expect these actions or consequences in this case so make sure you're telling the employee what happens if if he or she does not live up to the performance. Some other things on there, you know, your employees' goals, like personal goals, on there. Like, what what do you want to do? Do you want to like personal goals, things you enjoy doing outside of work? You want to spend time with your kids. You want to you know, maybe lose ten pounds. Just stuff like that. It helps you get to know your employees. You should be very very focused and business oriented when you're at work, but I mean, you also want to know your employees and have a team atmosphere. If you're, if you just treat your employees like robots and not as people, I mean, you'll find out very quickly that you're not going to get much from them. And more often than not, they will be leaving very, very shortly after joining your team. So getting some goals for their, getting some personal goals for your employees really helps you see who they are and what they're about as a person. And I mean, it gives you something else to hold them accountable for or conversation topics. You know, if a person says I'm looking to lose 10 pounds and you know, maybe a couple of weeks later, oh, how's that going? I remember from our initial counseling, uh, you know, you were, one of your goals was to lose some weight. How's that going for you? Do you have any cool exercise techniques or, or you know, advice for me as I'm looking to do the same thing? Great. Oh, wow, my uh, my boss cares a lot about me. He remembered that we talked about that. Awesome. You know, makes me feel included, makes me feel like a valued team member. Good stuff. So, I mean, personal goals are also good to put on this this initial counseling. And, I mean, just the whole, like, the whole goal setting in and of itself, I think is large and robust enough to be its own episode. And I think we'll do that later, but I mean, goals should be follow the, the smart criteria, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. If you haven't heard that before, do a quick Google search. You'll find a whole lot of stuff on it, but the best way to set goals is to use the smart criteria. So these initial counselings, I mean, once they're done and, you know, you both you and the employee agree to what's on it and it should always be a written document. I mean, just so that there's a record that the event occurred. I mean, the written counseling, initial counseling is not like an infomercial where you just set it and forget it. Like Vin from the sham, Vince from the sham, wow, or any of those other stupid infomercials. You really you owe your employee updates on whatever basis you deem necessary. 30 days, quarterly, monthly, monthly. Um, You have to, it's like a living, breathing document. So you owe your employees updates. If something changes, you need to make sure you sit down with your employee and go over where the changes are. And it really, it gives you an opportunity to hold your employee accountable for the goals, see where they are. If you're doing counselings after the initial counseling, you know, here's the metric that we agreed upon. And, you know, where are you right now? Oh, you don't think you're going to make it? Well, I suggest you do these things and I think we can get back on path for you. So it re- it's a living, breathing document. And, you know, right there, when you do these follow-up coaching or counseling sessions, you can really get your employee back on the path. So when the annual performance evaluation comes up, it's not a shock. You've had all these little tweaks and you're working. This person's on your team. You're working with this person hand in hand along the way to make sure you're doing everything in your power to make sure or give this person the tools to be successful. And if you do this, you're going to be a transparent leader. And when it if and when it comes time to deliver bad news, you know, you're doing it in small chunks over these monthly, quarterly counseling sessions and you're telling the person to improve in specific areas and and this allows the person time to act on your advice and your coaching and time to improve. So, I mean, just like anything else, you know, unrelated to this particular topic, it's easier to, to do big things if you're just knocking pieces out in small chunks. If you do small chunks over and over and over again, you're going to look back eventually and be like, Oh my gosh, I, I did it. Like if, for example, of the small chunks theory here, say you're buying a house in the future and you want to put down, you know, $50,000 on it. And you know, you're sitting there looking at your bank account of zero and like, man, how, how am I going to get $50,000? There's no way. That's a lot of money, right? I, how am I going to get $50,000? It, and it is a big number. Yeah. I don't have that kind of money laying around I'm looking at my bank account at zero. You do it in small chunks. So every month I'm gonna put a hundred dollars in the bank. I'm gonna, you know, whatever amount I deem necessary. And you do that small chunks over a long period of time in this case for being a house. And you're gonna look back one day, years later, a decade later, if that's the time related to this goal, I mean, you're gonna have fifty thousand dollars one day. It's it's not gonna happen overnight, but doing it in small chunks takes a big thing, a large dollar amount in this case, and makes it manageable, makes it realistic. So do small chunks for pretty much any goal, but especially when giving employee feedback, give feedback often, whether it's positive or negative. So when it comes time to do the annual performance evaluation, whether someone's going to get promoted or or possibly fired, I mean, the person has been coached along the way. And if it is bad news, you've been delivering it over an extended period of time. So there's not going to be any surprises. And as a leader, that'll make it easier for you to do That'll give you less fear in doing it. That'll make it less awkward. Okay. And you will, you'll have sympathy, but you might not have empathy because you've, you've tried to fix it for this person over the course of a year. You've been giving this transparent, honest, direct feedback at X time intervals and the person didn't change. So now it's the end of the year. And, you know, I'm sorry, here we are. We've went over this 10 times this past year and and you were not able to change, so this is what's gonna happen. I mean if you're doing this consistently and you're you're helping the employee with realigning goals, you're delivering corrective actions to get them where they need to be, and nothing's changing and you have to give a negative performance evaluation it'll make it, make it a lot easier, like I said so there's not going to be any surprises and you know having to sit down and terminate someone is is I think going to be a whole other episode I've had to do it. I think like four four times and it's it's extremely awkward sitting down with someone and telling like you know collect your things you no longer work here thank you for your time here but you know your time is over that's rough I mean I think I've had to tell three salaried people that and one hourly person talk about you know even how bad the person was it's just like as a man with a family like oh it just feels terrible I mean it's the right thing to do but it just hits you on a whole other emotional level. Level, um, but Really, all of this boils down to like the golden rule. How would you want to be treated if you were in the same situation? If you were terrible at your job and you didn't know you were terrible because maybe you've never gotten coaching before on something, how would you want to be treated? Would you want someone to tell you early and upfront that you're not doing well, that you're not meeting the standards so you have time to change? Would you want someone... To tell you you're not doing well and offer suggestions as to how to do better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, maybe the person has had terrible leadership before, and and this person doesn't know that they're not doing well. They're just completely oblivious. They don't know what right looks like. So are you going to let that person do the wrong thing for an extended period of time and then just drop the hammer on them, or are you going to be, are you going to be one of those leaders that, you know, takes the bull by the horns? realizes the problem and just ultimately cares about those who work for you and you're going to step in and you're going to coach that person and get them back on the right path. I can tell you doing nothing is a lot easier and oftentimes that is the road and that, that's the reason a lot of people take that road because doing nothing is a lot easier but it's a lot more time consuming to step in as a leader and help that person and to, to spend your already precious time at work helping someone maybe just get up to the standard where they should have been in the first place. But it's the right thing to do. Is that what you would do? Is that the kind of leader that you are? That's the kind of leader that I try to be. I mean, it is a pain in the butt sometimes, especially when someone's been doing the same job for several years. And I mean, they should be, I expect you to know this stuff by now. You've been doing this for so long. How do you possibly not know this stuff? But I like to still step in and help that person and if i realize the person is not willing to learn it you know i immediately make that i see that over maybe not immediately i see that over the course of a couple of weeks or months or whatever it is and you know reassess and and address that issue but if someone just ultimately cares for what they're doing but they they don't know how to do it right and they they want to do it right be the leader that steps in and gets that gets them back on the right path and, and as an employee, would you want to know, even if it hurt your pride and made you feel terrible that you weren't doing a good job, would you want to know? Personally, I would want to know. It, it would sting a little bit. But if a leader gives you less than positive feedback, I mean, they don't always have to do that. So hopefully the leader does it professionally. And I mean, anytime you get feedback is awesome because it gives you the opportunity to see what you're not doing well and to change. So Really, in summary, kind of how to deliver a negative performance evaluation or really how to avoid having to give a negative performance evaluation. Um, Just be transparent and and set your expectations up front with your team. Um, It it will pay dividends. You'll have less turnover on your team and, and you'll keep people around longer. So it's really important as a leader to tell people when they're doing a great job, but even more important, perhaps to tell them when they're not doing a great job. If you found this useful, I would love to hear from you. So please check me out on LinkedIn. Um, I'm posting about once a day, once every other day. So I'd love if you could check me out and comment on something if you feel that it's appropriate to do so. And thank you so much for checking out my podcast. If you haven't done so, please go on highhopesinitiative.com. Learn a little bit more about me, about what I'm doing. From there, you can see my blog. You can listen to the podcast right on my website. If you don't have Spotify or Apple Podcasts at work, or wherever. Um, but I just would love you to check me out. Again, highhopesinitiative.com. And thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you really, really like it, please subscribe at the subscribe button on your phone or uh, whatever device you listen to podcasts on. And thank you so much. Take care. And until next time.